In the Pits is sponsored by Hustletown Paintball. Hustletown is a brand by Jason Tinsley of Houston that is all about representing Houston paintball and highlighting its local talent. Head to hustletownpaintball.net to browse their selection of casual wear and use code PIT10 for 10% off of your order. In the Pits is partnered with Compete. Compete is a Texas-based brand by Jell Stewart of professional team AC Diesel that provides custom jerseys, pants, headbands, straps, tech shirts, and any other soft goods to help individuals and teams compete at the highest level. Support Texas Paintball and message Compete on Facebook or Instagram and mention In the Pits podcast for 10% off your entire order. In the Pits is sponsored by FU Athletics, created with a purpose and focused on building a better you. We are a brand that matters in your workout, and every purchase gives back to cancer research. Go to thefuathletics.com and use code INTHEPITS25 for 25% off of your order. In the Pits is partnered with Get That Shot. Get That Shot now offers first-in-line photo and video editing, 20% off Get That Shot merch, and 20% off prints to all teams that wear the Get That Shot logo on their jersey. Message getdat underscore shot on Facebook or Instagram to become a Get Dat Shot program team. In the Pits is partnered with Paintball Kumite. Paintball Kumite is a program designed by Colt Roberts of professional team San Antonio X Factor to take paintball players of all ages, experience levels, and skill groups and mold them into champions. The program breaks the game down into small, easy-to-learn sessions designed to help you master the fundamentals so that you can elevate your game. Newcomers to the program get a free one-hour introductory class when mentioning In the Pits. To sign up for a class, message at paintballkumite on Instagram. Welcome everyone to episode 46 of In the Pits Paintball Podcast. This podcast is focused on everything that has to do with the paintball scene here in Texas, from professional players and teams, to new divisional programs, local tournament series, field owners, Texas-based brands, even photographers and videographers. Every week, we will have a short and sweet episode with a new topic and a new special guest. I'm Christian Smith. I'm a player for the Texas Titans, and this episode, we are going in the pits with Nico Hyde, player for AC Diesel, owner of Enjoy Paintball, and coach for Austin Hypnotic. Nico, how are you doing this evening? Good. Happy to be here. Um, yeah, really, really well. So looking forward to getting to connect and talk and <laughs> appreciate your patience on my uh, <laughs> past delays. But uh, yeah, happy to finally make it in. Yeah. So we were originally going to have Nico on for episode seven. Uh, <laughs> this is episode 46. So do the math. And then I think there was a second episode in there somewhere that we had to reschedule. So third time's well, the charm, right? I on this one to do 47, so we were a clean 40, 40 apart, you know. Oh, that that would be good. But, I mean, next episode's going to be a banger, too. We got bangers this whole month. So going to kick it off strong with this one. So let's get into it, Nico. Uh, so for those listening that maybe don't know so much about you personally, how long have you been involved in the Texas paintball scene? Uh. I was starting to play three-man tournaments at Tanks Katie Paintball when I was around like 15 years old. I was working at a paintball field probably right around that time called uh, Paintball USA, and I was mostly playing scenarios. Um, and then when I first got on my first three-man team, I was 15. So I guess that was about half my life ago now, 15 years I've been doing it here in Texas. Um, 
yeah, so it's crazy to say that out loud, but yeah, almost half my life now I've been shooting at people in Texas. So <laughs> hell yeah, man, that's uh that's a life well lived so far. Uh, so what are some of the teams that you have played for over that time? Yeah, no, it's yeah, just Texas paintballs treated me really well through all these years. Um, so my first real um national event was PSP phoenix 2009 so um that was with vck and most people probably know this story already but um we started playing together division three pretty much every year we worked our way up to the next division even though we weren't winning those divisions necessarily especially in division three and two we still felt like we had the talent and we were still driven to continue to progress through the ranks so um we ended up working our way all the way into 2014 we played in the PSP professional tournament series um, as VCK with pretty much the same core roster. You know, we had brought new people in, had some other, other guys coming in, but it was pretty much all the original guys playing and working our way from Division Three to Pro, which is a pretty unique thing for Texas paintball specifically. Uh, you know, not so much now, but back then it was. So, yeah, I was on VCK for all those years. And then um, I played in Europe a little bit for uh, Amsterdam Heat, which is not related to Houston Heat at all, but we were semi-pro and pro for two years together. And then Houston Heat after that. Um, I've played on some and guested on some various teams. And that was Houston Heat and from 2015 to 2021. I took 2022 off last year. And now this year I am coming back with Mark Johnson and the boys playing with AC Diesel. Um, which is kind of cool. I guess I skipped a team back there. From VCK, I went to AC Dallas, played a year there, and then went to Houston Heat. Now I'm back full circle to kind of the AC system and AC organization. So, yeah. Gotcha. So uh, throughout all those times and all those teams, you're just always staying true to Texas. Uh, I love that you're not really one of those players that, you know what, I'm going to go play for some random California team or some you know team up in Edmonton, uh, and especially those guys. Yeah, no, you stay here in Texas. We need to keep all of the Texas players here in Texas. And uh, it's it's cool that uh, like we just have so many of like especially now we have larger groups of talent making their way to the top here in Texas because before it was like you know individual players here and there like Colt Roberts for example. Um, Another player who is now playing for semi-pro Casey Missouri All-Stars, you got Cal Leach. Um, mm-hmm. And these Texas players tend to like, hey, they're going to go get picked up by whatever team outside of Texas, but not, not anymore, it seems, because you've got the rise of teams like Austin Notorious climbing up to pro, Paintball Fits, D1. Uh, you've got the Texas Cyclones that are also in semi-pro and several teams that are finally getting out of those lower divisions to climb up to the top. That way we can keep this Texas talent in Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there's, I mean, it's cool to be living in Texas in this moment of time for paintball, for sure. It's, there's a lot of really, really talented people that play out here. I mean, from your local fields who don't even play tournament paintball, you know, all the way to the pro teams, there's a lot of people that are kind of longtime weekend warriors and for sure have a lot of skill. So yeah absolutely and i think that you see the results whenever 
Texas hosts a national event or any national event that Texas teams enter, the Texas teams are at the top across all of the divisions. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Go ahead. No, yeah, for sure. I agree. I mean, there's, um, there, there's a long list of teams that go out and do really well and place top three all the time and all sorts of the events they play. So, yeah, it's a special time and place to be here in Texas for sure. For sure. I mean, just most recent example this past weekend was the Lone Star Open. Looking at semi-pro, paintball fit again on top, beat out Blast Camp again in the finals. Division two, shut up or trying again in the finals. Uh, Division three, you have to go down a couple of spots. You had two Texas teams in the quarterfinals. Uh, Division four, Austin Notorious wins the event. And then Division five, Tribe gets first, Texas Titans get third. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's really kind of crazy. You know, when you and then Houston Heat getting second in the pro division too. I mean, mm-hmm. and then X Factor, uh, you know, making it to top four as well. So, yeah, Texas teams on top everywhere. Uh, so yeah. kind of continuing on, you talked a little bit about VCK. We're gonna skip a question here and go. You know, let's talk more about them. So VCK is a bit of a legend here in the Texas scene. So tell me, like, what were the origins of VCK? What does VCK stand for? Uh, how did you come to join? And then who are who were some of those core members that you were talking about that you got to play for or play with? Um, so VCK kind of started. We were all playing on different. Texas or really Houston based teams. Um, but at night we'd play this digital paintball game called DPB. And it was literally just like a Half-Life 2 mod on Steam, you know, early two thousands really. We were playing it. Um and we were we were like a uh, team on that. And our team name was Vent Crew Killers, VCK, because we'd before Discord was a thing, I'm gonna age myself now, but before Discord was a thing, Ventrilla was there before that, and it was uh where we hopped on and talked while we played and you know we were just all super close friends we we're just like well hell let's go ahead and play together in real life too you know we're, we're already such close friends and doing all this stuff and hanging out together when we have you know at the paintball fields and all that it's like let's make a team um so yeah we uh it was really max porcher whose mom owned twisted paintball they were kind of the saviors of able allowing us to play and have so much time on fields and everything like that you know cam mccarty devin stewart john jackson fuzzy jackson um kevin johnson matt boudreau um i'm forgetting pete jameson i mean we had a long list of guys that they'd been playing maybe mppl on random teams together like archon kids or um trouble or organized chaos but we kind of all came together and made vck and um yeah a lot of us ended up you know, as a team going pro and then playing on other pro teams afterwards too. I mean, you know, Ryan Smith played with us, played with us for a time. Ian Wilson played with us for a time. Trent Massa played with us for a time. Um, you know, and those are all guys that at least played semi-pro. Um, so yeah, no, there's a long, long list of guys that if you play paintball in Texas or Houston, you've probably played with or against them at some point, you know? So. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, remember playing against those guys uh unfortunately it was on the receiving end of them all coming down to texas a&m for a couple of years yeah yeah yashi zalkowski played with them on the a&m team against y'all um they had a super stacked (laughs) stacked college team for sure yep and they were uh not that fun to play against as a 
new, you know, new to paintball player, 2015, 2016. Yeah. But yeah, they they go ahead. No. Yeah. Those guys, I remember them here. I didn't, my college didn't have a team. I wish it did, but, um, yeah, I remember hearing stories about they were, they were getting rowdy for sure. Definitely. I mean, they ran the table one year at NCPA nationals. It wasn't even close. And then I remember the next year that, uh, I think it was Ryan Hall got put in paintball jail after the ref. Uh, I think they said he slid off a hit and called that a gross major or something like that. And they ended up giving him a suspension. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, it was wild times for sure. So, uh, let's back up a little bit. Uh, tell us about what made you get into paintball to begin with. Uh, well, kind of that classic story. So, uh, birthday party. Um, I had a friend growing up, Lucas Brown lived down the street from me. We were like best friends. And then when I was in fifth grade, this is kind of off topic, but when I was in fifth grade, my house burned down. And so I had to, you know, leave, live with my grandparents, move neighborhoods. And I didn't see Lucas because we were, you know, we were kids. We didn't have cell phones or nothing. So hadn't seen him for a while. And then I went to a birthday party at this field, Paintball USA, and Lucas was there working as a ref. And I hadn't seen him in probably two or three years, but we, we used to be best friends, like growing up in the neighborhood together. And he, we got to talk and he was like, yeah, man, you should come out and just start working here if you're having fun playing. He's like, I work here so that I can, you know, play for free and I get paint for working and, you know, that whole deal. Um, so that's how I got started at paintball. It was pretty much because of Lucas Brown kind of being at a paintball field while I was there for a birthday party and being like, re- us reconnecting. And he kind of guided me through my whole tournament experience, too, in general. Like, he's the one that originally introduced me to the VCK guys as well. Um, so long time friendship with him and. Yeah, he's the one that kind of drugged me in. Cool. I mean, another birthday party kid. Uh, it seems yep. that the bug is pretty easy to catch. Yep. Cool, man. So this next question, uh, talking a little bit more about your past and your career so far, uh, is brought to us by a uh, Houston native, Hustletown Paintball, which is uh, owned by Jason Tinsley. Uh, head to hustletownpaintball.com and use code PIT10 for 10% off of your order. So you are one of the few Texas pros that have played in Texas for Texas teams your entire career. You know, Granted, uh, Houston Heat and AC Diesel both have had uh, rosters from around the U.S., but uh, they still claim home base in Texas. So uh, being involved in Texas your entire career, what are some things that you have seen change within the Texas scene over that time period, either for better or for worse? Um, uh, it, there's no longer a three-man tournament series. I feel like... Oh, hold on, Nico. I think we lost your audio for a quick second. I see... Someone, oh, it looks like, is that Devin Stewart getting in the call here? What's up, Devin? All right, Devin, I'm going to kick you out of here. Uh... <laughs> um, yeah, I think that there needs to be another three-man series for beginner players. I think starting off playing five-man you just kind of lose some of those general topics that you have to learn much quicker playing three man, you know, from survivability to zone control, 
to, you know, being able to shoot a guy and be able to like have quick read and react kind of actions in your own gameplay. Um, a lot of that top talent that's, you know, been here in Texas that most of them I'd say started playing three man and that's just kind of gone away. Um, and people, I don't know why it is. I think it's just kind of a culture thing where I just think a lot of players aren't, you know, they see the pros playing five man. And so, okay, yeah, I want to, I want to play five man. Um, whereas for us, it was like, yeah, we played three man. And the biggest thing then was seven man. So it was like, there wasn't even a thought like that. Um, so I just feel like that's kind of the biggest change, you know, and it's hard to say because there's still also so much talent being brought up. I'm sure none of the lockout kids ever played three man and they're all pretty good at paintball, you know? Um, so I'm not saying you can't be good at paintball if you don't play three man, but, um, like I'd go play a three man tournament when I was 15, there'd be 83 man teams there and it'd all be kids my age, like, you know, 15 to 17 years old, you know, um, with their parents there and stuff like that, like driving them to the tournaments. So, um, I feel like that's kind of been the biggest change that I've noticed in Texas paintball is just like the going away of three man tournament series for beginner players. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, you know, there's been certain teams that always have been around players have always been around. Um, that's been the biggest thing that I've noticed as I've been spending all the time here in paintball. So, yeah, uh, I've definitely noticed that change, especially in the last, I think it was three years, uh, was when you see D five and D four five man disappear out of USXBL and they only, you know, they replace it with D five X ball. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's all about X ball right now, at least in the USXBL, um, and yeah. has been that way for a few years. And I always envision like D five five man or D four five man was kind of the division that you play to learn the basics of the game and the basics of the, f- you know, basics of the like how to run your pit. X ball was more of an introduction, especially D four X ball is more of an introduction into like the format of mm-hmm. the game and uh how to manage things like time momentum toweling things like that um and it's weird i guess that it it seems to be all about x-ball at least with that usxbl uh series i know that if you go over to some of the other local series like xtpl has their champions and challengers series um but which I think is they have a three man, but it's just nowhere near what the HRLs used to be. Mm-hmm. You know, um, just player counts are not the same. Um, but, you know, and I, I agree, like the mat getting experience in match style play is, you know, I didn't get that until I was in Phoenix at that first year of 2009 playing D3. I'd never, <laughs> I'd never been in a pit before. I was just at a practice before that. So there's some good stuff to it that you can learn. And, you know, there's some stuff that you, I think lose out on the way as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think just everything kind of going to X ball from top to bottom makes it a little bit easier for these like more established programs that have been popping up and staying around for a little while to help manage those lower divisions. Cause it's, it's completely different whenever it's like, Oh, you know, we have this three man team. They can't really, get spins against us because they're only playing three man versus you know we're playing x ball so just having that format um continuity i guess is a little bit better and i definitely think that as far as programs uh being around and uh staying around longer it's 
benefited, at least here in Texas, it's benefited the development of players a lot faster and also just kept them around. So I can see pros and cons for, um, you know, that three man series versus the five man versus X ball. But I do think that if we had more variety versus just forcing everything to go into X ball, it would be, uh, it would benefit because those other formats are fun too. Yeah, exactly. I, th- I just think there's room for, for both and all the above, you know, that obviously there's, yeah, there's benefits, pros and cons, like you said, of, of all formats, all, all divisions, all tournament series, but I think paintball's got room for, for both. Definitely. And quick shout out to the X Factor paintball series. Uh, when they ran last year, they did a unique kind of format where each event was a separate format. So the first event was 3v3. The second event was 5v5. Third event, I think, was 7-on-7. And then the championship started out with 10-on-10. And the way they did points was uh, you kind of randomly got drawn into a team for each event. And you got points based on how you finished. So, like, let's say uh, one player finished first in the three-man and then first again in the five-man, their points would be different than like another player who maybe was on his three man team, but then got drawn separately into a different five man team. So over the course of the entire series, it was designed to see like who is the, the essentially the top gun, but it was a lot of fun to get to experience all of the different formats throughout the series. So I'm hoping that uh, comes back again this year. I know it's been, you know, I know how difficult it is to try and plan logistically and run all the tournaments, especially with how many tournaments there are in Texas now, like goodness, there's Bunker Fest, USXBL, XCPL, HTPS. Uh, you've got NXL, just a lot of different things that are competing for time on the calendar. But uh, I hope to see the return of that. Yeah, no, that is a really cool concept to do it that way for the season. Kind of see who's the most consistent, you know, with all that. That's cool. For sure. Uh, so our next question, uh, looking a little bit more at your past, which is... Uh, with your involvement with your previous team, Houston Heat. So Houston Heat was a team where Sunday was pretty much the standard. And from 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, and then again in 2021, y'all won at least one event each of those seasons. So what do you think was the reason for that roster's success, knowing that the roster pretty much stayed consistent throughout the entire time with the exception of uh, dropping uh, Sergey and adding Tyler Harmon? Yeah. Um, you know, I think a big part of it was that consistency in the roster. Obviously the talent always helps. Um, and I just think that all the personalities and everything, we were just, we were all super talented and we were all having a really good time. And, you know, that's kind of a really good concoction for, uh, success. Um, so yeah, you know, there's, there's a lot of intangibles that go into winning a, a paintball tournament. Um, especially at the pro level. And I think it's kind of like what we see with Dynasty where you kind of get in that groove and you get in that flow and it, you know, kind of becomes contagious. But then when you get knocked out of it, sometimes it's um, hard to get back into it. Um, You know, I think like, you know, I talked, you know, you mentioned like, yeah, we had the same roster on Heat during all that success for, you know, it was like five years for the most part. And, you know, I think about that for Diesel, Cause we're, you know, me and the guys were kind of talking about, it. it's like, well, we have the talent, you know, we're all, we all get along, we're all having fun. Like, what is it? And, you know, when I think about it, it's like, well, this was our seventh weekend to play together as a team of 
you know, taking half the original guys and plugging in, you know, five new guys and all mixing it together. So I think we personally have some growing, like we as a team have some growing pains to get through. I think we need to just, you know, kind of stay the course and spend more time together and, you know, take that extra effort to talk to each other between events and just be able to connect more so that when we're on the field, there's a lot of that alleviated, you know, and you're just having to worry about playing your game and playing it to the best of your ability. Um, so I think we'll get there. It's a long year and, um, I think it just needs to get, give us some more time. I have no, uh, no hesitancy now that I've been on winning, you know, winning teams kind of knowing what it takes. I, I know that we'll, as AC diesel, we'll, we'll get there and we'll, um, yeah, we just got to kind of let it take the time that it needs to. So for sure. That's a long process, uh, especially to knock off dynasty who has, one, I want to say Matty Marshall said it was like seven out of the last 13 or something like that. You know, some it's like over half of the tournaments in the last like two, two and a half years. So uh, they're they're definitely on a hot streak. I mean, all hot streaks come to an end. I mean, even Impact's streak, who they were on fire for, I want to say like four or five years where Impact was seemingly winning everything. And, you know, their streak came crumbling down too. So uh, it is a long process for sure. But uh, it's definitely, you know, someone's someone's going to knock Dynasty off eventually. And Diesel's roster has definitely uh, been, you know, handpicked to do that. Yep, exactly. I think we just all got to have faith and buy in and we'll be there. For sure. And we'll, we'll talk more about, uh, diesel, uh, here in a little bit for sure. Uh, so, uh, after your time with Houston heat, you mentioned that you took a year off from pro play, uh, Mm -hmm. but you still attended some events like, uh, last year's Dallas minor to coach some teams. Like I know you coached, uh, STK for that event. And you were yep. also uh, promoting your brand, Enjoy Paintball. So what was the reason for taking the time off? And what was it that eventually brought you back? Uh, well, what originally... Sorry, I'm grabbing my phone charger because I just checked my uh, battery level. Oh, you good? Um, you know, like, I'm checking my... I'm getting my phone charger. My battery was... Uh, phone battery's getting out on me. Um... You know, like I said, I've been focusing on paintball for so long that um, there was just some outside of the paintball life. Oh. Uh, hey, Nico, uh, we're we're starting to lose your connection there. So uh, here, let's let's turn the cameras off for a second. Uh, I think that'll help stabilize this. Take the time to focus on the side of. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I can hear you. Okay, yeah. Sorry, I needed to run into my house and get my phone charger. My phone's kind of low on battery. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I just needed to kind of take some take some personal time and get kind of everything settled on the home front. So uh, yeah. That's why I took the year off, and um, I really was thinking I was pretty much done um, playing. And then, you know, Mark and I have always been really close. And, you know, obviously coming from the AC Dallas camp originally, 
I, I was super familiar with, you know, all of those guys and had played with most of them at some point. And, you know, Mark called me and kind of gave me his, you know, his plan and what he wanted to do. And, um, <laughs> it's funny cause I, he kind of gave me the layout and I was like, okay, well, Hey, let me, let me think about it. I'll call, I'll call you back in a few days. And I hung up and I sat there for like 10 or 15 minutes. I was like, what are you doing, bro? You know, you want to do this. And I, I called him right back and was like, yeah, I'm, I'm a hundred percent in sign me up. So that's kind of how that all started. Um, and yeah, it's just been awesome. Mark, Mark is just a really special kind of cornerstone in Texas paintball. And he's a great role model in inside and outside of the nets. And so when he kind of called and gave me the, gave me the scoop on what he was wanting to do, I was, I was all in, you know, to be able to play with all those original super talented guys like, you know, BJ Henningberg, Clint Johnson, Andy, you know, Mark, obviously ice. I mean, just all, all the OG guys, Nate Roberts. Um, and then, you know, to mix in guys that I'd been competing with in the, you know, in the super high ranks of paintball, um, you know, mouse, J rab, Kyle, mm. a rock to have that opportunity to like be able to learn from them and say like, kind of how they looked at the game and like why we struggled against them sometimes in my past was, you know, just kind of a cool learning experience. Right. For sure. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was kind of a no brainer once, once I really heard it out loud. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, an opportunity like that, uh, probably is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah. Uh, you can, you can probably bet a lot of money that it's not going to come around again. So, uh, glad to have you back in the league for sure. Um, and, uh, I mean, it seemed like during that time off, you really got your brand going as well. So let's talk about your brand, uh, which is enjoy paintball. It seems that during that time off, it, it, it really started to take off. I mean, with, uh, coaching Austin hypnotic, I know for, uh, all of last season, the D three line was, uh, renamed to enjoy paintball. Uh, so it seemed to really promote your brand pretty well. So what was it that made you want to start your brand and get into merch? Um, well, it was kind of all motivated by, you know, I had all these, you know, being, through sponsorships and stuff, I'd always get these paintball shirts from paint, various paintball companies and what have you. And like, none of them had anything to do with paintball on them. Um, you know, they'd say, you know, the company name or they'd have some cool logo or something, but they really were never paintball themed. And I'd find myself going out and it's like, all right, well, I have these shirts, I'll be wearing them out or whatever. And it's like, well, hell, if I'm wearing paintball clothes, I'd rather be advertising paintball, you know, because you know, I want paintball to get to a point where some, like, for example, somebody will wear a thrasher hoodie who can't even stand on a skateboard, let alone kickflip, you know, mm -hmm. I wanted paint. I thought that there was a niche for paintball apparel to be something similar to that. You know, we're, we're an extreme sport. We're a really cool culture. And if we advertise it right and display it to, you know, the general population, there may be more interest in paintball as a whole and help paintball grow. So that's kind of where Enjoy Paintball has started for me motivationally. Um, obviously, now that was in 2018. So, you know, going on almost, what, five years ago, um, it's evolved, it's changed, it's grown, you know, it's had growing pains, it's, you know, gone through the whole gambit. Um, but 
that's where we started. And, you know, right now we're mostly focused on soft goods still. And just still that kind of idea of like promoting paintball as this really cool thing that, you know, obviously we, everyone who's involved sacrifices a lot for, you know, financially, family wise, socially, you know, time wise, I mean, just everything. And so that's where I come from is, you know, I've lived through it and I just want kind of that spirit to be able to be projected out into the world. And so that's, that's kind of the whole motivation behind enjoy. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I get long winded about it, but cause you know, everyone listening to this loves paintball and you know, that's, that's what we're about. Yeah. And then it's something that the paintball scene as a whole needs. Uh, they need those creators out there that are driven to, you know, promote the sport, uh, give their own spin on it and ultimately just, uh, help draw in others to also enjoy this game that we put so much into. Uh, so let's talk about the ways that you do that. Uh, tell us about the different products enjoy, uh, offers, you know, let's hear all of your different things that you have available and hear your product pitches. Yeah, for sure. No, um, what's cool is pretty much everything is either, you know, it starts off as, you know, mostly my vision or, you know, close friends of mine who are like, Hey, this would be a cool idea. Um, you know, and I, I either try to do the designing myself or I outreach to, you know, various people that are within paintball that kind of help me with that. But um, recently, you know, we've been doing more, you know, focusing on the paintball headbands that we do, which all those designs are, you know, at least curated, if not designed by me. Um, what's really cool for me, too, is, you know, enjoys definitely a creative outlet for me as well. So I've done like some hand done and custom one of one like where I do the own printing, I do my own design work and it's all, you know, kind of more per se my art rather than just like a soft good item. Um, like, so I've done some like custom BDUs, custom jerseys, custom long sleeves. Um, we do, uh, pins, patches, pretty much, you know, all, all the soft good merchandise hats, um, things like that, that, uh, you know, you can wear outside of paintball and, at the field and then you know we're starting to slowly kind of get some more on field apparel wise done as well so you can find us at enjoypaintball.com keep it simple um and then our our instagram is enjoy paintball so yeah sweet uh here in the chat we actually do have a question while we're on the subject uh it's from adam dipple uh one of your players uh yep. he says uh you should make enjoy Proflex frames so i guess the question there is have you ever considered uh, collaborating with any other companies to create stuff yeah for sure and that was a big kind of opportunity with now being involved with ac diesel is um you know obviously greg paul is one of the coaches and you know he's obviously a longtime employee for key and gi and jt and all of that stuff so, um, yeah, we've, we've kind of talked about it. It's, you know, potentially in the works. So, um, yeah, keep your eyes out. Cool. <laughs> would be cool to see. We're definitely seeing a lot more of those, uh, custom products that are out there, especially lately with, you know, project Tigerware, um, all those other companies, uh, Hormesis of course has their own collaborations. So, would be uh, nice to see more individualism in the game. I'm sick of this black on black. Everybody gets black mask, black pants, black jersey. Sick of it. Want to see uh, more individualism out there? Yeah, no, and that's that's the cool part about paintball is especially with you know 
that you know even if you're all wearing the same team gear you know you can still have room for personalization you know the headbands or the color pants you wear or you know the color mask you wear or what color gun you shoot or all that stuff i think that's one of the cool things about allowing paintball to have or that's allowed it to have its own style is that fact of how individuals even on a team kind of sport can still have that kind of individual flair for sure yeah uh and i mean there's definitely been a need for it uh and you see it just with how wildly successful that hormesis and project have been so hopefully you know we get more brands like yours talked about on the level that hormesis and project are being talked about and let's see even more products like even more hard goods yeah for sure all right so uh Aside from Enjoy, you also coach Austin Hypnotic, and you have been their coach for over two years now. So how has that been going? Uh, it's been good. Um, you know, the last year we had a couple close finishes. We in The first year we had a really good season where, like, the very first event we got, like, almost dead last, and then the last event of the year we won. So it was, like, awesome. And then last year, you know, we had some close tournaments and stuff, but we never we're able to really pull out a win. Um, and now we're coming into this year. And I think what always impresses me about hypnotic is we're always really, really good at pulling in new talented guys who are like, Hey, I've been playing for two months and I want to, you know, try to play tournament paintball. And they just have this natural talent. We have a lot of guys on our, our new division five team. And then, you know, our, from our last year's D4 that are D4 now like that, um i think our higher divisions our d4 d3 team especially um you know we haven't gotten a win since that first one and you know we've had a couple tournaments where you know we don't get through the first round and i think a big ish a big thing that's holding us back from that is you know it's just hard to put a thumb on and i think part of it is you know just uh, uh you know uh, I wish I could give you the full pure answer without uh, going too far into the weeds, but no, I, I think we just, we just got to shoot more paint, man. I think that's a big part of it. Um, so we're we're working through it. It's a long year. We're just about to get into the second event, so I'll be coaching them the next two weekends, and then we'll be at Bunker Fest. And um, I think we have the talent, we have the drive. Um, I just think sometimes there's some calls that go don't go our way, or we're not shooting people off the break, or you know, we just lose that team communication like right at one of those crucial moments in a match. And um, yeah, it bites us. So I think we'll be able to turn around, but um, yeah, we'll get there. For sure. And experience is going to go a long way for y'all in, you know, fixing those clutch moments or those small things. Uh, yeah. And I mean, y'all have been at it for a while now. And the thing that I've noticed is that the hypnotic teams have like steadily and consistently improved as the seasons go on. So what would you attribute that to? Do you think there's a noticeable benefit as to having the same coach for an extended period of time? Oh, absolutely. You know, I was, I was a math tutor before all this paintball stuff really caught wind. Um, And for me, a big part of just like, teaching in general is having that personal relationship with somebody it's hard to convey a complex topic to somebody unless you really know who they are 
how they see the world, how they, you know, interpret, analyze information. And so I think it's really crucial to have a coach or at least be with the same group of guys together for, you know, a longer time. Um, and so to me, I think it's really important. And uh, I guess to go back, it kind of reminds me on kind of our difficulties with success is that it's really important to practice like you want to play in an event. Mm-hmm. And I think early on in the season, I think a lot of us, especially during the off season, you know, you're maybe not holding yourself to such an accountable or high standard as you should, or you're not playing as much, or when you show up, you're kind of just there to play and go through the motions, but not really try to improve or compete. And so, um, yeah, for some reason, we always kind of find our stride as the season goes on and the first event and, you know, or the first match of the tournament, we always kind of need a little bit of a wake up call too. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, coming out strong, it is, it can be very tough to get into the flow of things, uh, especially for the first point of the first match. Uh, but yeah, I think for y'all, y'all are definitely have the talent and y'all definitely have been, working hard and you've got everything that you need in order to be successful. Uh, and I think that it's, it is only a matter of time. It's just the question is how much time is it going to take? And I think, uh, that the, that the roster that y'all have built, uh, like it, it will happen. It's just, do they want it to happen next event do they want it to happen by the end of the year do they want it to be a multi-year process uh it's just uh what's what do they want their trajectory to be like yeah and just buying into it believing you know i think a lot of success in sports is this like you know this intangible concept of just like being in the flow in the moment um and you just got to learn how you can get yourself mentally to kind of be able to clock into that consistently, you know, cause you, you know, most people have felt it where it's like, I can do anything I want on this paintball field and I'm not going to get shot, but it's hard to like relive that mental space every time you walk on the field. Um, and I think it's, you know, it just takes time and experience and that realization of that feeling to allow you to be able to bring it back every time you want to. Um, this is kind of maybe a little bit of a different trajectory but there's this book called Flow in Sports that actually Nate Trader lent to me and it's kind of a cool book it's kind of a workbook for an athlete but it's also kind of through each chapter they kind of follow different athletes and how they have been able to find that mental space to you know bring themselves consistent outcomes in sports um it's a really interesting book. I, w- I would recommend it to anybody who wants to improve on their consistency in whatever sport they play. Um, so yeah, cool. I think. And you said that book is flow in sports. Yep. It's kind of okay. corny. It's like the nineties, but it's good. It is good. I promise you. It's just, you know, it was, it's dated now in some ways, but it's good. It's a good book. Um, but yeah, it's just that mental space of like, you know, even when you walk on the field for a practice, like getting there to where it's like that competitive mindset and that like drive to just, you know, have your will played out and have your, you know, your, um, 
yeah, your desires or whatever actually come to be on that paintball field. Um, it's a mental state just as much as it is a technical or physical skill. Um, so yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, definitely have to go check that book out. Sounds like, uh, it's a good read. So this next question is brought to us by paintball Kumite, which is Colt Roberts, uh, training regimen message him at paintball Kumite on Instagram to sign up for a class mentioned in the pits for a free one hour session. So as far as being a coach, do you think that, um, the role of the paintball coach, do you think that person has to have pro experience in order to be able to do the job well? Uh, no, absolutely not. Um, I would say a good example of that is, you know, Jell Stewart with AC Diesel. I think he's a great coach, but he's never played pro. I mean, granted, yeah, he's, you know, our other, he's second, our second coach. And we have Greg Polly, who's, you know, been playing paintball for since the, I think, paintball began. And, you know, he's has pro experience. And, you know, Jell's been able to learn a lot as a coach working with Greg for so long. But, you know, you have, you know, for example, Pat McKenna on Houston Heat, who has never played pro, but he's super statistically, you know, he has a super statistical mindset. And so, you know, Heat's able to use that as an example or use that as a, you know, a benefit. Um, no, I don't think you have to play pro to be a good coach. I think you have to be a good teacher and you have to be a good, you know, just character and a good friend and a good kind of mentor. But I don't think you actually have to play paintball at such a high level i think you can understand the game without it i mean obviously playing it helps a ton and i think you can get there a lot easier and you know there are definitely nuances that a player will have felt and experienced that's going to help him in certain situations as a coach but you know i don't think it's so black and white or cut and dry to where you can't be a good coach without playing pro because there's plenty of pros that i think are bad coaches and there's plenty of people who are who have never played pro that I think are good coaches and there's everything in between that as well. So I don't think it's a necessary hundred percent requirement, but yeah, for sure. It, it's going to help you. Got it. So let's talk more about your role with hypnotic. So as far as your role as coach for Austin hypnotic, are you uh, strictly there just as event preparation and layout study and breakdown? Or are you more involved on the player development side as well? Um, you know, I try to do both. Uh, you know, time is a limited thing. So for the most part, I'm just there predominantly like, you know, the two weekends before the events and then at the events with them. Um, but, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, because I've been with them so long, you know, it goes back to like what I was saying about, you know, you're trying to build these personal relationships so that you know the correct way to convey, you know, these high level topics and concepts to somebody. So, you know, it's, you know, I work with certain individuals and try to get them better at their game because I know that it helps the team get better in a, as a whole. But then also, you know, I really also, you know, focus on the team aspect of it and the strategy aspect of it and like, okay, hey, we have, you know, player A who's really good at doing this. So how can we use him to achieve our, you know, our success on the field with this play, for example? Um, so I, I try to wear many hats when it comes to when it comes to that for sure got it yeah i mean it, it takes all of that i think in order to be effective coach i know there are plenty of coaches out there that uh maybe they'll lend their services out specifically for events 
and they're there to help you like break down the field, understand how it should be played, uh, lanes, things like that. Um, but you're seeing more and more of coaches that are getting more involved with programs. Like for example, Devin has been diving all in, uh, with his team, the, um, Outlaw. Outlaw, yeah. And yep. he's been there pretty much. It, it's From what I've heard, it seems like he's there all the time uh, helping with his player development. And it seems they have uh, really benefited from that experience. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's that's a really good situation where, you know, his local field and where he trains during the week and everything is at the same place as, you know, all the guys on the team. So it's just kind of a natural ability or gift to be able to spend all that time with them because it's like even when he's wanting to go just play by himself or when he's going to go drill during the week it's at the same field in the same location as any of those guys who are wanting to do it um so yeah i think that's a really good prime example of like how you can have both parties making the most of it um and it shows with all the positive results that they have across all divisions um it's a little harder for me to get out to outlaw, uh, in Austin, just cause it's a little over an hour drive for me. And when I'm doing my own technical skill stuff, I'm pretty much doing it at my house. Um, and then I'm, you know, either playing with diesel or at the field with hypnotic. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of different ways to, ways to do it for sure. Um, but yeah, I know there's a lot, of, you know, with Colt and what he does to help you guys with the Titans is kind of cool where he does, it seems like individual, not individual classes, but like days are focused on certain topics solely, mm. right? Yeah, pretty much. That's how it's been structured. Like each yeah. time he holds a class, it's focused on a new aspect of the game, whether it's, um, you know, laning, like we had, we had a class on laning. There was one on uh, snap shooting, you know, basics, things like that. But then there was also other things where it's like, hey, this is how you hold a cross or this is how you break that cross, things like that. So uh, it's yeah. good to have those uh, classes kind of breaking things down into like, hey, we're going to isolate just this. That way we can really workshop it until this aspect of our game is much better. Yeah, and I mean, you guys have plenty of success doing just that, too. Um, so you just kind of got to find what's best for you and y'all's situation. Something that's really cool that I like doing with Hypnotic, because we have four teams, is we host, like, in-house tournaments together, where it's basically like, you know, I've done one where it was a three-man tournament, where every three-man team consisted of one D5 guy, one D4 guy, and one D3 guy. And it was just a three-man event where everyone basically round robin. And when you're not playing, you're refing. And when you're when you're playing, you're being able to have your teammates ref you. So it's very much more like a tournament, tournament style. We've done it with five-on-five tournaments with the divisions as well. And I usually give out like an enjoy prize at the end, or we've had Hormesis donate some stuff and a couple other companies too, to where. There's still prizes. We had actually Adam Dipple, who's listening now. He printed out medals for everybody, uh, for one of them. And so it's like, it allows you to get into that kind of micro tournament kind of environment where you have refing, you have you know a little bit more of a level of competition, 
And then like between games, a lot of times we all come together and kind of debrief on what happened during that match or what happened during that point. And so it's kind of like this learning class study. And then we like go back out and play the next game, um, which I think has been a really good format for us um, because it just gives you that tournament experience with kind of the educational breakdown alongside it. Um, so that's something that we've been doing more and more of, and I think have been, has been super, super beneficial for us. That's uh, really cool that y'all are able to do those uh, in-house tournaments and that y'all have the program size to be able to execute that. Yeah, it's been a major blessing for us, for sure. All right. Uh, so continuing forward, uh, this next question is brought to us by FU Athletics. Go to thefuathletics.com and use code INTHEPITS25 for 25% off of your order. So, Nico, in your you know fifteen plus year career, uh, do you have a single favorite moment so far? Oh man, there's so many. Um, yeah, you know, obviously, my I would say easily my biggest success has been you know winning those World Cups and getting MVP at a at XL event and all that. But to me, the most cherished moments are just kind of the actual experiences with the people. Um, you know, whether it was going to Russia with, you know, Mishka and Fedorov and Sergey and Devin Stewart and Ronnie Dizon and spending, you know, time training and playing down there, or, you know, like I was telling you about playing Europe with Nate Roberts and Amsterdam Heat. Um, there's just a long, long list of it. Yep. Uh, I mean, it's always about the moments, uh, and, even whenever you get like photos back from the event, the the pics on the field, they're cool and you know, they'll get a lot of likes on Instagram. But uh the best ones are definitely the candids either in between matches or in the pits or whatever. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, you know, first off, shout out D's on Docs for, you know, Ronnie putting all that work together to make videos of kind of some of the stuff we've done. But yeah, no, my uh, my favorite paintball photo is a photo of Devin and I um, after an event with our, you know, masks off and just happy for a win together from Marcus Broadus. Um, you know, I have all these cool play, player photos, but that's my favorite paintball photo for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, looking now to your current team and to uh, the future. So your current team, AC Diesel, uh, y'all were uh, in the paintball headlines for making several blockbuster acquisitions in the offseason, which included yourself. It included um, Alex Goldman, Justin Rabikoff, uh, Kyle Spicka. Uh, I think Shane Howe was in there. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm missing another name or two in there as well. Alex, Alex, yes, A-Rod. Alex A-Rod, Rodriguez. that's right. Yep. You know, and then, of course, coupled with all the OG OG AC diesel guys. Um, yeah, no, it's been awesome. Like we we're kind of touched on just coming back full circle and playing with the original guys, but then also kind of having that, you know, experience of playing against, you know, all these top guys that I've been, you know, battling with for so many firsts and seconds through the year, through the years. Um, it's been really good and, you know, we'll get there as far as success goes. I don't have a doubt about that. I think we have, 
we have all the all the talent and skills and you know obviously all the other outside things that it takes i think we just got to kind of all spend more time together and buy in and you know get through this year and we'll we'll find that feeling i i think we just got to kind of all find that feeling together mm-hmm. of, you know. would you say that uh has the team come together to discuss the slow start to the season or is the, is the plan pretty much just stay the course oh yeah no of course that's um that's something that's really impressed me you know, coming from my past teams was just like the, uh, the analytical side that, you know, players like Justin Rabikoff and Kyle Spica and, you know, Greg Pauly and, you know, Mark require and demand of, of the team, you know, um, we, we come together and talk after every day of play, you know, about, you know, what we're doing or what we, you know, where we want to get to. Um, so no, it's, it's certainly been discussed. I think, Although at Texas we didn't have, you know, a very good outcome. You know, going one and three again. It's like probably the worst two events I've had in the past six or seven years of playing. Um, and you know, that's probably true for most of the guys on the team. Um, I think we had finally our really, you know, I wouldn't want to call it like a. Let me think about the words to put it on. But, you know, we finally had a talk where it felt like the the words spoken had a lot of meaning behind them. Um, you know, you can talk and talk and talk, but at some point you realize during that discussion whether there's substance and meaning to the words being said or if they're just being said because they need to be said. And, you know, this last event, I really feel like the conversations we had towards the end of the days, you know, as a team, when we were together, were those substantive, you know, discussions where there was actually a lot of emotion and truth behind it. So, um, yeah, no, I think we'll, uh, we'll get there. I think we're, we're growing closer and closer and buying in more and more and, you know, maybe learning what hats and what irons each player should have and keep in the fire and which ones they should kind of relieve for someone else to take care of. So, yeah, I think we're in the right trajectory still. It's just, yeah, obviously Texas wasn't, wasn't the event to show it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know that, I mean, you said that this is probably the, the roughest stretch since 2015, 2016. Uh, I know that's certainly true for a lot of those players. Like, uh, for example, uh, Alex Goldman, the last time he didn't make Sunday was World Cup of 2015 when he was playing with Infamous. So okay, it's, yeah. it's been a long stretch of, of Sundays being the standard for him and for, you know, definitely a, a bit of a slow start, but um, I'm sure that y'all will definitely uh, figure out what needs to change in order to start getting those results again. Oh yeah, absolutely. No. um, (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, I think it's good for everybody. You know, I, I, I harp on it with the guys all the time. It's like, I've been in a moment where I thought that I'd never step on the pro field again. And that's a big, you know, once you're a competitor and once you've experienced it and it's hard to, it's hard to express to someone who hasn't been there, but like when you're done and you think like, wow, I'm done playing professional paintball, I'm done trying to be one of the best of the world or something. 
and then you get an opportunity like what Mark's given me to come back. Um, you, you know, it's corny, but you got to play every game. Like it's your last game, man. You got to play, you got to play your heart out. It's, you know, you know, one of my favorite, you know, quotes in paintball is like, you know, heart, it takes heart to win tournaments and we have heart, you know, um, you, you got to find that, you know, that spiritual or soul aspect of the game. Um, so I, uh, I'm, I'm a big proponent of that and we'll get there. I think we're finding it. We're finding that feeling. It's just gonna maybe give us the next event. <laughs> we didn't find it till maybe the last day or the end in, in Texas. So for sure. Uh, yeah, y'all will get it. Um, and another thing, I mean, uh, you say it takes heart to win events. I know that a big discussion in this off season was, well, what else does it take to win events? And it, does it take a significant like investment in the roster as far as, you know, paying players going out and getting top talent is, is that required in order to compete at the top level in the NXL? Uh, so this past off season, diesel was, uh, they went out being kind of a, a newcomer to this aspect of being able to go pay players. Uh, and Mark made some big, big moves. And now Diesel is one of the few NXL teams that is able to pay their players to play, which, you know, throughout the offseason definitely drew some complaints from some of the other NXL teams, uh, especially those that are the ones like ML Kings, for example. They had several players leave their team to go on to other rosters, uh, such as um, Connor Kelly uh, going to Houston Heat. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, it drew some complaints because, hey, we're going to spend all this time to find this new talent, help development, and then they just leave. So Mark is uh, has been, you know, quoted saying he fu- he felt the need to finally fight fire with fire. So in your opinion, do you feel like having a big budget and going after big name talent is required to compete at the top level of the NXL? I think that experience and in particular high level tournament experience is crucial to winning. If you go back and look through the NXL and PSPs, it's the same handful of names that are on those winning teams. Um, I think in a perfect world, everybody who plays in the professional division is able to do it in a professional manner. Um, I think that everyone who puts all this time and effort into it and has all these skills deserves to be that way. Um, But I think, you know, because it's those same group of guys that are always, you know, have their name in the hats of winning and experience is such a crucial part of it and such a vital aspect of consistently doing it that, you know, you, there's just certain people that, you know, if they have that opportunity, they should take it. They should get paid for being the best in the world at what they do. And I don't think anybody can hate on that. Absolutely. I mean, everybody's got to do what is best for themselves and also just take those opportunities when they're there. Cause they're very, very rare in this sport. Um, they're extremely rare. And it's, that's why you got to make it, make the most of it when you have it, man. 
In your opinion, is there something either the league itself or maybe those other teams without those budgets can do to uh, be able to raise funds to be able to start, uh, you know, going after some players of their own, either, uh, you know, through merchandise or advertising or whatever it is? Do you think there are ways for those teams to uh, start acquiring those bigger budgets? Absolutely. I mean, Infamous is a prime example of that. Like, they, I think the way they structure their paintball team is like what a lot of teams need to do. I mean, they're like, they treat it as a business. They have a company and it's all wrapped up into one with the team and with the merchandise and with the products. I mean, they're sponsoring other pro teams at this point. Like a pro team is sponsoring another pro team with gear. You know, that, that structure, you know, look at how Dynasty brands themselves even, you know, they're... I guarantee, I don't know how they run or operate, but I guarantee you they operate it like a business. Um, you know, they've, they just have to at this point, you know. Um, I think that more teams need to try to do that if, you know, if, if you want to have funds, you, if you want to operate it, you got to operate it like a business. And I think, like, Infamous is a, an awesome example of that. Like, what... Cali and Travis have done with that company and that brand is like as a even as a pro player who's playing against them like I think that's really really cool because it's I mean look at what it's done for that team you know they they finished third in Dallas and you know they have a lot of great opportunities because of kind of the brain trust and the kind of business side of what you know those guys have been able to establish for Infamous um you know, and X Factor does it to some extent too. You know, through the field and through their own products and merchandise. You know, Diesel even does it with Evil PB. You know, and um, so yeah, I think that's a really good structure for a professional team. You know, I don't think that um, Elon Musk is going to come over here and buy a paintball team. So okay, well, how do else do you do it? Well, you start creating products and you start running your own company and you branded as your team and you help fund that team and that helps that team get better and then your products get better and more people want to wear them and you know that structure is i think a really good model for a lot of other people yeah i think that it's it's just not done enough uh there's so many more opportunities out there for most of the rest of the teams in the league. I mean, X Factor has a pretty unique situation with uh, Alex owning the field and they have their pro shop as well. But, uh, and then you've got Dynasty, they've got their own brand and they've been around for such a long time uh, that I'm sure they've, they've built things up over time. But looking at the newer teams like NYX, Columbus Level, um, the Brooklyn Bears, like I don't see at least down here in Texas and maybe it's just an uh, regional thing uh, that I just don't have the optics for. But for most of these teams, I'm just not seeing them take advantage or even create their own opportunities. And I, instead they're just kind of, you know, either self-funding things or I'm not doing too much to try and improve their situation. And it takes time. I mean, I don't know how many years was infamous a team before they became infamous as a company. I, I mean, I can't tell you, but I'm sure it was a number of years and it's, it's hard, you know, like 
that was a big thing about me stepping away from playing for a little while was because it was difficult for me to have the time or have the energy or have the ability, you know, politically speaking, even to try to grow my own personal company, you know, through enjoy, um, you know, so it, some of it just takes time. Some of it just takes diving in and doing it, you know, and it, that can be intimidating or, you know, you have other, you know, irons in the fire, other things that are taking up your time or whatever to do it on your own individual way. But, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes it just takes time. I think, I think more teams will realize what those other organizations are doing and mirror it. I mean, diesel diesel starting to do it now with the evil PB.com and the diesel branding and, you know, what gel does through compete and, you know, all that stuff or what Andy Horvath does with mutiny even, you know, um, there's just a lot. I think, you know, we're paintball still to me in such an early stage of a, what a sport is. You know, if you look at baseball, that's been being played for, I don't know, over a hundred years or, you know, I don't know how long basketball has been played, but you know, paintball is a, is still very much a new sport and that's, cool to be involved in right now you know a lot of it's still kind of at its grassroots stages and i think because of that like yeah we want it to grow but you also got to take advantage of that um and you know that's i mean if you look at all the major companies in paintball they were all started by players first i mean you know with the gardeners and adam gardner with you know smart parts and gog and dlx or you know um just uh, any 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 paintball company you look at, they were started by players and now they're the largest paintball companies in paintball, you know? So uh, it's just kind of part of the nature of the beast, you know, and part of an early sport growing is, you know, I mean, even if you look at like rock climbing, for example, it's like most of those rock climbing companies are started by people who are rock climbers that are like, I need this. How do I make this? How do I get this? And then they started a company out of it. Right. So I think paintball will get there. Uh, I think it's already, you know, grown so much and it's on the, it's on a, you know, it's going forward. It's growing. So. For sure. I think it'll continue. Um, And I, I just would love to see it accelerate a little bit, uh, especially given like what paintball, I guess, where it was 10 years ago and 15 and 20 years ago. Uh, I know a lot of people say, Hey, we need to get it on ESPN or back on ESPN or whatever. Uh, but even if, you know, television is or isn't the route, uh, just, it, I would love to see more in like individuals or organizations out there just identify, Hey, there's a, there's a need for this, whether it be things like what verbal is doing, uh, hey, there's a market out there for paintball shorts and highlight clips uh, just to post to Facebook and Instagram and get, you know, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands or several million views per clip. Uh, and you're, you are seeing that, at least in the media aspect, very recently. And others are doing it in other places now, like with how many, like the headbands and with other even like podcasts and other journalism type stuff is starting to come out too. Yeah. Like what you're doing or what Ronnie Dizon's doing or what Jen folks doing, you know, just put more media out there. I mean, you just got to kind of grab the bull by the horns and go for it. You know I mean? 
like if you find the there's a niche or an opening for something and you know you or you think you can do something better then try it do it don't just talk about it absolutely and that goes for pretty much anybody out there not just you know major organizations looking to get funds even if you're just a fan of the game and there's something that you want to do and you know just go do it i mean that's exactly how guys like vince from let's talk paintball i uh, which granted he's not posting anymore and i think he actually deleted his page but um how he got started was he's just a fan and he wanted to get more coverage on off-season moves and roster moves and things like that and he just went out and did it and then very quickly he became like the breaking news source to go to for when a player did make a roster move and that was within the span of like less than a year i want to say he rose to prominence yeah no um yeah yeah i don't like you were asking about being a pro do you have to be a pro to be a good coach like no and you don't have to be a pro to have a good paintball company either um so yeah for sure. All right. So uh, looking at, man, we got a lot of messages in the chat. So uh, we're going to go through the chat here in just a second. Last call to get your questions in the chat uh, while we're getting to this next question. So uh, brought to you by Get That Shot. Message Get That underscore shot on Facebook or Instagram for media coverage at BunkerVest or NXL. So Nico, this is what I ask everybody that comes on the show just to help get the word out on the new up and comers and uh, help me figure out who I need to get on next. So are there any Texas-based teams, players, brands, projects that have caught your attention lately? Who do you think in Texas deserves more recognition for what they're doing? Oh, man. Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know what would be a cool one is Mike Arena. He just moved to Houston, but he's, he's a Texan now because he lives here. That'd be a cool one to have on your show. Um, you know, obviously playing with Dynasty and, you know, him coming from elevation the dynasty that's a big that's uh, he's got a good story um as far as divisional stuff i mean i i really admire what dylan does with the titans and you guys i think y'all have you know uh, your team has a great organization and it's ran really well and y'all play really well and y'all don't y'all pretty much are all you know it's all kind of organically grown from you know just you guys um so yeah i think if you haven't had, uh, I mean, I know you said you have had Dylan on. Um, you know, I think that you could have more of the PB Fit guys in. I think that'd be good because of all their success in Semi Pro and their journey and stories. Um, there's just so many, man. Um, every field has a local legend or a local hero. Every uh, every team has somebody who's been playing paintball for a hundred years and has crazy stories so there's just we were talking about it before you just have such a long list of you know people that you could eventually get on the show that have such a you know unique story or a unique insight on uh on the game and the community as a whole and the sport and where it's at where it's been so yeah yeah there's a lot of good options in texas um and yes i have had dylan on uh in Two weeks, though, I'm going to be having uh, two more players from the Texas Titans. I'm going to get two of the D5 guys, uh, Damon and Ruben. Damon won the MVP award at BunkerFest when those boys took first place at the first event. So 
that should be a very good episode. Uh, just kind of getting their experience and a little bit more insight as to, you know, being newer members of the Titans and how it's run from that new perspective. It'll be a really good episode. Uh, yeah. That's- yeah. And just getting others on. I do need, I do need to get more fit guys. I've been trying to get JD Lucal on for a while. Uh, I want to get Scott Stewart. Uh, I want to get more like Brody, Trenton Mason. Want to get all those guys on. They've been on an absolute tear. Uh, what would also be a cool one is Chris from uh, Wasteland Paintball Park in Houston. Um, he just like invested a lot of money and created a really really nice field that also is kind of alongside the brewery that he owns, uh, Wasteland Brewery or uh, Megaton Brewery. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he'd he'd be an interesting guest to have on because, you know, he'd be looking at it way more from a you know a business perspective and kind of all that stuff. And yeah, that'd, that'd be a good one for you to have too. For sure, he's definitely on the list. I I got to talk to him when I traveled uh, before the first NXL event. I traveled over there to help film for X Factor. So, uh, yeah, he's on the list for sure. Cool, cool. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Awesome. So uh, now's our time to look in the chat for questions. So we'll start at the top. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> Sasha. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Sasha, question for Nico. Does paintball hurt? And follow-up question, who is the best pod runner on the pro NXL field this past weekend? <laughs> Paintballs do hurt, but they're fun anyways. <laughs> um and then obviously the best pod runner in the game is Papa Sash himself, but not in divisional events because he gets all his pods stolen in divisional events, but he, oh. he gets back in the NXL event. So I'll yep. give it to him. Yep. I mean, Sasha, I've, I've got to say for a while there, like we had, we were contemplating putting the Dragoons on the Titans jersey as a sponsor because we were getting a ton of pods from y'all. So I don't know about best pod runner. Maybe you had a, one good event, but you got to step that up. <laughs> All right. All Hypnotic has the best pod stickers in the game. That's a fact. Except for uh shout out to what what's the guy's name where he's got like don't touch my effing pods on there? Is it like Chance Morris <laughs> or something like that? Bobby Hill. <laughs> it's Bobby Hill from that episode. It's that's my pod. I don't know mm. you. <laughs> He's got y'all have that one, and then y'all have uh, the Will Smith meme, right? Yeah, the Will Smith meme. That one's a good one. Those, I think those are all Adam Adam Dipple's brain children. Love it. Let's see, next question uh, from uh, from Sasha. What do you enjoy most about paintball? Oh, the the people and the memories and the time spent with friends. Perfect. Easy. Yeah. All right. Uh, Let's see. Nick Pashik is asking if you're doing the interview from the chicken coop. Is Thor here? (laughs) I'm maybe 30 yards from my coop, boy. (laughs) Shout out, Nick. He was an old VCK guy. All right. Next question. Let's see. Let's keep going down. Um... Let's see. <laughs> and Enzo asks, what's it like living out of your truck at events? <laughs> uh, you know, you get through the weekend. <laughs> you got to do what no, you got to do. Not, yeah, you got to do what you got to do. It's nice to be at the field 
right when you wake up. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Scrolling down. Let's see. Uh, serious question from Enzo. What changes do you want to see from divisional events to grow the sport? Uh, you know, an easy one from a, from a league standpoint would be more consistency in refing. I think the easiest way to do that would be to not make the same refs stand outside in the heat wearing a mask from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. You know, maybe make a little bit more of an investment on having multiple ref crews that can rotate so that people actually get decent breaks and are alert and awake during the matches so that they're mentally and physically able to be present and make good calls. Um, from a player's, player's standpoint, I think, you know, paintball is kind of a cool balance of like there's people that are there because it's their vacation and they're having fun and they really don't care about the results and then there's people mixed in with that who are you know super result orientated and you know are trying to become a pro paintball player or become a pro athlete and um you know it's i i don't have an answer for it but finding a good balance and a good outcome for all of those parties would be a great way to grow paintball for sure yeah as far as the refing thing i mean i yeah they need more refs and the refing pool is small and i do have a little bit of insight into that because i uh i did attend the nxl certification training back in january or early february whenever they came down to x factor and so I'm I'm a member of those groups, and so I get to see like, oh, there's not there's really not that many people here. Uh, yeah. and it, it is a lot of the same refs that are being flown in to other regional series. So I think the hope there is that you know we we need a bigger ref pool, especially with how many refs is required to adequately ref a paintball tournament. Like paintball is by far requires the most refs on the field in order to properly officiate. Yeah, and I think, you know, you get more people by having better benefits and better pay. And, um, you know, I don't know how all these leagues operate. I don't know how they pay their players. I don't have any knowledge of anything other than you get what you pay for, right? And I've refed tournaments. It sucks, dude. That's, like, <laughs> literally one of the least fun things you can do at a paintball field all day. So I get it, man. I... I don't hold anything against the current refs by any means. Don't take it my statements that way. I just think they would all have much easier days if they had better breaks and, you know, a better rotation with more refs. So I don't know. Maybe I don't know what the solution is to get more refs, but I think that would alleviate a lot of the pain and stress on both the players and, and the refs. For sure. I think uh, when you get into that, you're starting to get into major overhauls of the system itself which i don't know there's there's yeah. a lot of different ways that you could possibly do it there's a lot of moving parts and i'm sure that i don't understand half of them if not more of them but you know that's what i'd like to see like i i hate when and it's just a story age you know as old as time of like when you ask a divisional player like how did you do and they tell you like oh man we got you know effed by the ref and half those stories are bullshit, but then also I know that for sure half those stories are have some truth to them too. And you know, you don't you don't want to hear somebody's event story come to an end because of something like that. 
you know, I'd rather them, you know, that's just always a tragic outcome in, in paintball that if we could find a way to avoid that, then, you know, I think that'd help everybody. Mm, for sure. Uh, next question from Matt, the gym rat, who is Nico's favorite paintball content creator? <laughs> Ronnie Dizon. Dizon docs. No, there's so many good ones. Like I was telling Matt, I was telling Christian before this, like, dude, your, your content's like really well done. It's really well edited. It's really well put together. I think you, you know, you're on topic with what most just in general videos are kind of about, you know, um, there, there's just so many, man. Enrique Gonzalez. I mean, every, every media guy, this is the best period in paintball media ever. I don't think there's been a better time in paintball where there's just so many creative content drivers in paintball. Um, it's awesome. I mean, it's really awesome. There's so many good ones. And there's a lot of different ways to do it, which is cool. For sure. Yeah, I totally agree. That's so many different content creators out there that have just blown up. And it's exciting for me to see that it looks like each one of them that have come out have found success. It just yeah, means like the, the market is just right there. And all we got to do is like, hey, you know, identify what the best formatting is for either length of video or style or whatnot yeah and you know it may be just that it's needed to have a mix of all these different ways to display and convey what paintball is you know from photos to videos to vlogs to you know you know to the instructional videos to the podcasts to you know it may need all of it I, I think we, it is at a point where it, I think it's helping because there's so many different ways to uh, like that people are finding to, you know, convey what this sport is and what this community is. It's so, I mean, it's awesome. It's really awesome. Oh yeah. Uh, next question from Papa Chapa. Who's the toughest gunfighter you have had to go against in your career? Oh, Mishka, Papa Mish. <laughs> no, I mean any of the Russians, but I gotta give it to my boy Mishka. That's my uh my my brother. But he's by far one of the best to ever do it. For sure. Uh next what? question. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, just yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't want to get in the way of his snap shooting, that's for sure. Oh definitely not. All right. Uh <laughs> next question is from Victoria Dipple. What are your thoughts about the possibility of FanDuel coming into the sport? FanDuel, um, yeah, I, I can't say. You know, I know that they talked about having sports betting. I thought I heard a rumor about that in the beginning of the year. I don't know where that um, that played out, but you know, I'm I'm all for any and a, any and all of that. Yeah, from what I've heard off of the Spig and Span show, Tom Cole has come on a couple of times, and from the most recent thing that I've heard, he said the plan is to unveil. Uh, sports betting in paintball with the first event next year, which is supposed to return to Vegas. Okay, cool. I think yeah, that's a yeah. pretty solid plan there. Yeah, no, I'm up. Op- I'm open to all of it, all of the above. All right. Uh, next question. Let's see. Uh, what is your dream product for Enjoy? Oh man, that's a great question. Oh man, that's a really good question. Hit me with the hard ones. Um. You know, 
I guess when I started the company, it would have been the coolest shirt in the world that made somebody who's never even heard of paintball look at it and go, wow, paintball must be really cool. What is paintball? Um, you know, now, like I've said, we've, we've grown and changed a little bit and, you know, moved and ebbed and flow on what our purpose is as a company. Um, but, you know, just something that somebody has and feels good about. <laughs> that's such a general answer, but that's, that's our whole goal is, is that. Love it. Uh, <laughs> next, next question is from Ben Rogers. Yes. Has coaching helped your personal game anyway, back, uh, back on the pro field? Yeah, for sure. You know, um, like I, I, my experience teaching before this, like I mentioned before, was being a math tutor. Um, and for me, like even with that stuff, like, you know, there's stuff that you're knowledgeable about that you take for granted on how you're knowledgeable about it or how you think about it or how you even learned it. And, you know, through coaching, you know, like I, the way that I describe what two plus two, why two plus two equals four needs to be different from, you know, you Christian to, you know, Ben. Um, and when you do that and you like learn how to generalize these complex topics that, you know, you, it opens up your understanding at a much deeper level personally as well, because you're forcing yourself to like get into this other person's, you know, perspective or this other person's, you know, mental place to be able to, you know, convey and make sure that they walk away understanding it. And in turn, you learn more about that subject as well. So yeah, for sure. I mean, I think even coaching just in the simplest way has helped me become a better teammate in that way, because I've learned how to convey information to others in a lot of different ways. I've learned how to, you know, reach those kind of middle grounds of understanding a lot easier because I've just had to do it and had so much experience doing it over and over again, you know, with so many people. Um, so yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. It's helped me. Um, in, in a lot of ways as, you know, as a teammate and as a player too, you know, I think there's times where it's like, Oh shit, you know, I'm, I'm probably not going to go out and do some technical skills training before the next event. But then lo and behold, I'm coaching before that event. And it's like, well, hell I'm here. You know, I'm, having a technical skills training day with these guys, I might as well pull out my gun and practice with them, mm. you know? And so it, it, it's all the above. It's, sure. it's definitely a lot of ways. All right. Next question is from, let's see, uh, from Enzo. Uh, his question is, do you have any advice for newer coaches? Um, hmm. Newer uh, advice for newer coaches. Um, you know, I think you got to take players input, you know, you got to learn, you know, your players so that you can put them in the place and the position to be the best thems that they can be. Don't try to make everyone do what you think you would do in that situation, but allow them to be in a spot that helps them be the best them, be the best of what they are and who they are. Um, and just try to capitalize on those kind of aspects. Next question from uh, Eric Farias. How many chickens does Nico have? (laughs) 
Oh, I got too many at this point. Um, uh, yeah, I, I uh, refuse to answer that question. <laughs> I'll skip it, Eric. All right. <laughs> Next question from Enzo. Who have been some of your favorite players in the hypnotic program to watch grow as players? Oh, man. Um There's all of them in so many different ways. But like I said before, like as an organization, we've done a really good job of bringing in like guys that have been playing for like no amount of time that are just now starting to seek tournament paintball and um, have a lot of natural talent, you know, and it's been cool. Like our whole D5 team from last year had a lot of guys that, you know, weren't experienced tournament players at all that have grown so much um you know i'll get since i know chop is in this in this channel you know i've been really impressed with his growth since we first got together you know um devin johnson uh keegan uh i mean the list goes on i can name all of them for so many different reasons um that you know like especially like our d5 team at the last bunker fest event man like the, all those kids had, I mean, not even kids, all those guys had great points that I got to watch and that were like, I was just as invested in watching them play as I was like a pro finals match because it was just like that same intensity was there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, all of them, you know, it's hard. Everybody but Joe. <laughs> <laughs> no. And it's, that's, it's a hard question to answer because everyone's had their moments of brilliance. That's been really cool to, you know, be able to be a, a bystander and see. For sure. All right. Next question is, uh, again, from Victoria Dipple. How did Nico start coaching in the beginning? Did you volunteer or were you recruited? Uh, coaching in general. Let me think about that. I'm trying to think of the first time I coached. Um, it kind of happened as like, you know, I was going to these, like when I was playing, I was also trying to like travel and play. And a lot of times that put me in positions where it was like, I was traveling to another country or another part of the U S to play, but I was also kind of the most experienced guy being brought over there on those teams. So it kind of forced me to player coach. And then alongside that, you know, I was also trying to do clinics as much as I could because, you know, I was learning a lot and I was trying to, you know, convey all this stuff that I was learning and experiencing to other teams and players. And, you know, it was just a cool opportunity for me to meet all these divisional teams and all these divisional players around the U.S. and really around the world that I wouldn't have gotten to kind of form a relationship with otherwise so that's kind of what got me into coaching was i guess just like traveling as a player and then also you know having the opportunities to um to do clinics but i'll tell you i'll tell you this one story it's a little off topic but when vck folded and we were decide we played one year in the pro pro division and we weren't sure like we basically were like well we're not a team anymore we're not playing next year and I didn't know that most of us would end up going to AC Dallas. There was a point where literally I was like, shit, I don't know if I'm ever playing a paintball again. And if I, if I only have one more year to do this, it was right when I was going to college from high school. So it was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to do this again. Before I'm done, I want to play event, an event in Europe. 
And I literally, I pulled up the Millennium team list on one tab of my computer, and I pulled up Facebook on the other, and I, me- I went there and I messaged every Millennium team in the pro and semi-pro division that wasn't a U.S.-based team, and just said, like, hey, here, here, I'm Nico Hyde, here's my experiences, here's who I am, I'm trying to play, you know, in Europe for a year, you know, yada, 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 like, here's my spiel, and just like put myself out there, just totally put myself out there. Um, and you know, my life was obviously changed because of it. Um, you know, through my experiences being able to go and travel over there. And that was a big part of, you know, me learning how to be a leader as a paintball player in general, which I think was a big catalyst for, you know, me wanting to, you know, become a paintball coach and a paintball teacher and, you know, what have you. So, yeah. Sweet. All right. Uh, looks like last question in the chat here is from JC Lamon. What would what would current Nico tell first year Nico playing paintball? <laughs> um, take a breath in and off, on and off the field, and really try to relish in the moments that you are in. Perfect. All right, yeah. so Nico, this is our final question, which is brought to us by Compete, Jill Stewart's brand. Message him on Facebook or Instagram. Mention In The Pits for 10% off of your order of soft goods. So Nico, thank you so much for your time. Do you have any last shout outs or things you'd like to say before we sign off? Uh, you know, obviously got to shout out the, the sponsors, Empire, Evil, Shocker, um, Compete with Jill. Um you know, obviously, special shout out to Mark Johnson, all my teammates, you know, my family, uh, all my friends that are listening right now. Um, yeah, shout out, shout out to everybody in paintball in general. <laughs> all right, there it is, y'all. Thank you, everybody, so much for tuning in. Be sure to go follow Nico. That's at Nico Hyde Zero on Instagram. What other guests would you all like to see on the show? Be sure to leave a comment down below. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. The show goes live weekly here on youtube.com slash at in the pits paintball podcast and recordings are posted to YouTube, Amazon, Apple podcasts, and Spotify the next day. want to give a quick shout out to my partners and sponsors, FU athletics, get that shot, paintball, Kumite, compete, hustle town, paintball, and Hermes PB. We will see everybody next week for episode 47, where we will have Matthew Davies, a.k.a. Matt the Gym Rat. He will be coming on the show, and it should be a great episode. Nico, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thanks for, uh, thanks for doing what you're doing, Christian. You're, you're doing a great job, and yeah, just uh, yeah, thanks for letting me be a part of it all. Absolutely. It's uh, about time. You know, 39 weeks later, we're finally getting you on. It was a good run. Yep, cool, man. Thank you. All right, y'all. We'll see you next week.